welcome back to our podcast, Dirk's Lincoln County. This is Sharon. Elliot. Victor. And Cameron. In this episode, we are going to discuss the final answer of which approach will be the best for King County in solving drug issues. It is no secret that Seattle has had an explosion and an increase in drug use in King County area. King County is not alone in trying to reduce drug use, which has been a serious national public health issue for decades now. But what sets King County apart from the rest of the nation is its approach to drug policy. Dan Satterberg is a King County prosecuting attorney, and he is one of the crucial founders of the LEAD Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion Program. It is basically a rehabilitation program for drug prisoners. How did he come up with this idea? Well, Dan came up with this program because of his little sister, Shelly. Shelly was on the wrong path when she was only 14 years old. She was away for several months, was gang raped by two men, and was introduced to hard drugs. She began to self-meditate with those drugs to deal with her trauma of rape. Dan started to take her to rehabilitation services, NAVOS, a nonprofit organization that provides mental health and addiction services. Shelly was able to stop using drugs and slowly have her life back together. With such a massive difference in his little sister, Dan is strongly convinced that rehabilitation and treatment programs like this can cure drug addictions. I see. So how did the drug policies evolve over time in King County? Drug issues have always been vexing in King County, and there are different approaches throughout history. On June 18, 1971, President Richard Nixon officially announced law enforcement to enforce law surrounding drug possession of illegal substances very strictly. Nixon believed that starting this war on drugs would decrease the violence and reduce drug overuse, but in return, mass incarceration rates skyrocketed. According to the Center for American Progress, since 1971, the war on drugs has cost the United States an estimated one trillion. 2015, the federal government spent an estimated in 9.2 million dollars every day to incarcerate people charged with drug-related offenses, which added up to about 3.3 annually. So it sounds like the war on drugs was not the best approach. How did the U.S., or more specifically King County, respond to that? So for the past four decades, the U.S. has been trying to defeat and lower drug usage and incarceration throughout treatment, rehabilitation, and legalizing drugs, such as marijuana. In the early 2000s, the King County Bar Association got a new bill passed through the King County Legislature. This was the drug policy bill, and its goal was to divert drug offenders that could potentially harm people to rehabilitation, which is the process of helping someone to have a normal, useful life again after they have been very ill or were in prison for a long time. And another project is the Lee program. The Lee takes low-level drug offenders, and instead of locking them up, they also divert it to rehabilitation. In addition, it is crucial to understand drug addicts if we want to solve drug issues. The Center for Substance Abuse Treatment has stated that many offenders also have long history of psychological problems that have contributed to their substance abuse. Not to mention most drug-possessed people are brought up in a lousy living environment. With uncontrollable conditions for drug offenders, we are trying to find the best approach in helping them and also make King County a better place.
Can you tell us what the main idea for this podcast? Yeah, so our thesis statement in this podcast is some residents attribute the rise of drug use in King County by concluding that the rise in usage is due to King County not being harsh enough on drug users and their latency on drug has led to increase of usage. The research on the issue suggests that there are multitude of harmonious <laughs> reasons for the rise of drug use, such as harsh punishment and lack of rehabilitation programs, despite it being affordable. In other words, passing legislation that is harsh on drug users to deter drug use is actually resulting in the contrary. A more effective and cheap, cheaper approach to reduce drug use in King County is to reduce punishments for behavior related to drug use, making it easier to recover from previous offenses as well as addiction, and bolster rehabilitation programs for King County, giving people the help needed to stop drug use. Yeah, so one of the subclaims we made in the thesis is that those that believe in harsher punishments believe that the increase in drug usage is due to too much leniency. And evidence of this, uh, one form of evidence is in Cairo 7 interview, uh, which is a local news company. They uh, were questioning local residents and one said, we are going to have a huge problem. It's going to be out of control, I think. And so that was in reference to rolling back drug laws. And it kind of shows the uh, attitude towards harsher punishment and the benefits. And also another piece of evidence that shows was a Gallup poll that showed that 80% of respondents thought that the way the U.S. handles crime is either about right or not tough enough. Both of these uh, two things show how both in King County along with across the United States, people believe that the way to reduce crime, and more specifically drugs, is with more punishment and not lessening uh, the punishment. Uh, Elliot, do you want to talk more about on other claim in regards to harsher punishment? Uh, yeah, so we can see the claim that harsher punishment leads to more crime. And um, Parker from USA Today states that, from my years of experience of prosecuting criminals, I've learned that high incarceration alone is ineffective at controlling crime. So this statement is coming straight from a prosecutor. And when our government workers start thinking that there's a problem with the government, then we're, then there's probably something wrong. Are there any sources to back up this claim? We can also see some evidence from psychiatrist um, William Kelly that says that he doesn't believe harsher punishments are the way to go. He says that the overall recidivism rate is about 70% meaning 70% of offenders are rearrested within five years of being released from the criminal justice system. So this shows that punishments aren't working for the justice system. And Kelly continues on in his article with how rehabilitation would actually be helpful for the community and there would be a lot less people being reincarcerated. So what's the big takeaway? Well, we can see from both of these sources that punishing drug users doesn't actually deter them from using drugs again. And it's highly likely that the people in prison doing the drugs will be caught with drugs again. thus proving that the statement harsher punishments are more effective false. Victor, can you tell us about another subclaim to our thesis? Yes. So another subclaim that we had was that rehabilitation programs would lower the number of drug offenders there are. Uh, and according to Seattle's new drug offense approach report, the report found that lead participants were up to 60% less to reoffend, meaning that after this treatment, more than half of the drug offenders stopped committing crimes. Unlike if we looked at harsh sentencing, 
are according to the Journal of Public Economics, uh, which indicates that a harsh, harsher approach to criminal sentencing does not always reduce recidivism rates. An interesting thing that the article called drug treatment in state prisons talked about was the relationship between drug users and crime. The article basically stated that during periods of daily heroin use, the average offender commits 100 to 300 crimes a year. Because rehabilitation lowers recidivism and crime rates more than harsher sentencing does, we can conclude that harsher sentencing is simply not more effective. Cameron, will you be able to tell us why harsher sentencing on drugs will increase drug use? Yeah, so within our thesis is the claim that legislators are hard on drug use uh, and that achieves results that increase drug use, which is uh, counterproductive. And the reason why we make this claim is because according to evidence such as uh, from the U.S. National Library of Medicine, they estimated that one half of all prisoners, including some sentence for reasons other than drug offenses, meet the criteria for diagnosis of drug abuse or dependence. And 80 to 85% who could benefit from drug abuse treatment do not receive it. So this just shows that if you're harsher on uh, drug usage, you're going longer periods of time without getting the help you need. And even those who aren't actually going in with drug issues can end up leaving with drug uh, issues because when you're within the prison system, uh, it's a lot more likely than if you're uh, outside of it. Uh, so, Ellie, can you start uh, speak on the cost aspect? Yeah, so I'll expand on the claim that rehabilitation is cheaper than incarceration. And I found many sources that prove it. Um, from a source called Dual Diagnosis, we can find some facts on the matter. And so there's initial drug treatment is less expensive than incarceration. The costs related to incarceration are cut because people who are in recovery are less likely to commit expensive crimes or be arrested again. Because long-term health of each individual will be improved, the cost of health care for uninsured patients will be drastically reduced. And the cost of law enforcement and court costs will be cut when crime rates drop and fewer arrests occur. What are some actual statistics concerning rehabilitation? Well, comparing some of my sources from Vera and from the New York Times concerning the LEAD Foundation, I've come across some interesting numbers. We can see from Vera that in Washington State, we spend about $37,000 per prisoner per year. Compare that to what LEAD spends on re rehabilitation, $4,200 per patient per year. So if Washington State rehabilitated every prisoner, then they would save the Washington State incarceration system about $550 million every year. Oh, wow, that's a lot of money saved. Yeah, so rehabilitation is actually cheaper than incarceration. Granted, my math uses all of the prisoners in Washington, not just drug offenders, but we can still see that spending $4,200 on a single prisoner every year instead of $37,000 per year is way cheaper than what we're doing now. Yeah, well, do you want to tell us more about another claim from our thesis? Another one of the claims is that reducing punishments related to drug use is more effective. A quote from the New York Times says that a 2017 peer-reviewed study found that drug users assigned to lead were 58% less likely to be arrested. So this study done on lead showed that participants were more likely to be able to get on their feet after prison compared to a control group that didn't go through lead. 
So we can see that if we reduce punishments and help people instead of incarcerating them, then these people would be better off later in their lives. I see. Victor, can you tell us about our last claim? Yes. So our last claim was rehabilitation. Ad- rehabilitating addicts is more beneficial to the world than harsher sentencing. Um, prisons were created to punish criminals, but the afterlife for these criminals that get out of prison is complicated. Many of them don't know how to act or how to live because they've they've spent so much time in prisons under violence and paranoia. Article by the name of Life After Prison talks about the four different barriers of reentry after coming out of prisons, which is employment, housing issues, education, and the loss of privilege to vote. These barriers to entry back into a regular life increase the chances of a, the criminal going back to prison. This rehabilitation comes in. A 2013 RAND Corporation study found that for every dollar invested in prison education, incarceration costs dropped. Four to five dollars during the first three years of post-release. This was a re- result of decreased recidivism and improved employment opportunities. This study shows that rehabilitation, rehabilitating criminals, also helps society get rid of crimes and give companies more employees that have an education from these programs. Um, as we go on, Cameron, will you talk about the what the opposing sides say? Yes, yeah, so not everyone agrees with our thesis, and opponents of expanding rehabilitation programs argue it is too expensive and want to know how it will be paid for. And so evidence of it being expensive is that uh, legalization doesn't cover the costs, and it's estimated that $185 billion in alcohol-related costs, while excise uh, taxes covered roughly only 10%. However, uh, I didn't show the full picture. So according to the National Institute of Drug Abuse, it is true that uh, the nation's cost for um, substance abuse is over $600 billion annually. However, rehabilitation programs pay for themselves in the long run because they reduce uh, drug use as well as save money from reducing incarceration. So, for example, the average cost for one full year of methadone maintenance treatment is approximately $4,700 per patient, whereas one full year of imprisonment costs approximately 24000 per person. So you would be saving about $20,000 uh, per person if you're able to increase rehabilitation, get them out of uh, being incarcerated. Victor, is there any counter-argument that you can tell us about? Yeah, so another counter-argument is that given about the relationship between less sentencing and crime rates is that Reduced sentencing will cause increased crime rates. Um, One way people see this argument from is that people won't be scared to commit crimes anymore, which will potentially result in an increase in crime rates. If we look, uh, if we take a look into the past where harshest sentencing was enabled, we can see that from the mid 1990s, crime has steadily decreased in the U.S. and most Western countries. Um, Some studies show that there has been a significant statistical correlation between longer prison sentences and in decreased crime. For instance, uh, Levitt argues that incarceration in the U.S. can account for one-third of the observed decline in crime. Spellman and Donahue estimated that prison expansion and longer jail sentences in the U.S. accounts for between... Seven of all the crime drops. 
Although this is true, the harshest sentencing decreased crimes. Crimes still keep happening more and more. If we look at the rehabilitation approach, we will see that this approach is much cheaper, faster, and more effective. If we also take a look at the cost difference between keeping prisoner in prison or putting them into the rehabilitation program, we will see a great change. As Cameron talked mentioned before, the average cost for one full year of methadone maintenance treatment is approximately $4,700 per patient, whereas one full year of imprisonment cost is approximately $24,000 per person. This is about five times cheaper than keeping a prisoner in prison with a 50% more chance of helping the prisoner never commit such a crime again. Since 80 to 90% of prisons are made out of drug offenders, rehabilitation would be able to give five people hope and education at the same price of one person staying in prison. Elliot, could you tell us another counter-argument to our claim? So one other counter-argument to our claim is that being hard on drugs decreases drug uses. So the people that feel this way feel like increasing punishments will help improve the drug problem. And there are several different reasons I've seen for supporting this stance. The main argument seems to be if you do the crime, do the time. But there were also some other ones that really stood out to me. Uh, one of those was that if we go as high as putting the death penalty on drugs, people would be way less likely to do drugs. And then another one is that we should add more punishment, but also add more rehabilitation because they want people to do the time, but they also want them to get better. Um, these arguments just don't seem very valid to me, and we can see reasons that they're false. The punishments for drug offenders are continually getting longer and longer, and we can see that they're not working. And if people want to do drugs, they'll find a way to do them. Drug addicts need to be treated as mentally ill and helped as such. Punishing the drug users isn't going to greatly affect the amount of drugs being sold. And addiction needs to be treated as a mental disease, and when it isn't, the effects can prove devastating. Take a look at Dan Satterberg's sister. We can see that real rehabilitation really does help people. Sharon, could you tell us more? Yeah, so looking back at Dan Satterberg's story, his own little sister recovered because of the program, and many of others benefit from it as well. Other countries have started to imitate King County and slowly adapted the programs. With all the information above, we learned that harsher punishments actually lead to more drug uses, as well as more legalization, and it ends up more and more people being locked up in jails. Rehabilitation, on the other hand, is more beneficial to prisoners and to the society, even though there are arguments against rehabilitation programs, yet the reduced amount of incarceration saved way more money and are more beneficial. The situation of high incarceration rates because of drug usage will continue if we do not adopt a better approach. Not only the government will end up in bigger debt, families and children of the incarcerated fathers will have no support, and it is likely that their lives are ruined. Not to mention people who got off the prisons are very likely to be arrested again. This, this is a significant issue that we need to solve. And the most ideal approach is more re rehabilitation, softer sentences, and less legalization. This is Drugs in King County podcast, and thank you for listening.